1: Voice America listeners, happy new year and welcome to my 339th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. And let's get right into it. My highlight of the week is, of course, the NFL's wild card weekend, featuring four games and saving the best for last. Which leads right into my bizarre story of the week, that being the Bears kicker, Cody Parker, double clanking the game winning kick last evening by hitting both the upright and the crossbar, which basically seems like it's geometrically impossible, but he did it. That's exactly what happened. Don't know that I've ever seen that before. And it was amazing to watch, and it certainly broke the hearts of what was just an electric Soldier Field crowd in Chicago. The Bears just had a fabulous season, and just for them, a horrible, horrible way to end what was, again, a tremendous, overachieving season for the Bears, but it was a fabulous ending as Nick Foles and his magic Carper ride continued both late season last year and late season this year. Had to win the last three games when he came in to fill in for an injured Carson Wentz and picked up right where he last, left off last year in the Super Bowl. Uh, bottom line, he let him down the field and got down to the... Uh, one yard line, fourth down in what was as high a drama as you can possibly get in an NFL playoff game. And fourth down, they had had three tries inside the five and couldn't punch it in. And the Bears, of course, with that great defense of theirs, had there was every reason to believe they could stop them again on fourth down. But Foles and coach uh, Doug Peterson, they did it again. Drew up a fabulous play call, uh, like the Philly special in last year's Super Bowl, was uh, appeared to be Foles's idea as well. The Bears typically blitz, as Foles said, post-game. And he rolled out to his right and hit Golden Tate literally one inch inside the goal line. Uh, perfectly thrown ball, as Golden Tate himself said after the game, if, if he throws it too far to his left, uh, he's not able to reach it. If he throws it too far inside, to his right, it's probably knocked down by the DB. But he placed it perfectly, and by all appearances, it looked like the Bears had won the game, or excuse me, the Eagles had won the game right there. But, of course, the Bears got that great, great comeback, kickback, return from Tariq Cohen. Gave him great field position, and they Mitchell Trubisky threw a great pass to set him up. And it was all right there for Cody Parkey, who amazingly hit a crossbar or the upright in four times in one game. And I guess it was his... I'd done it five times this year, and of course, there was the drama of making the first kick, but of course, as usual, there was a timeout from the Eagles sideline, Coach Doug Peterson, so he had a second try, and that's when we had the the double clank, or as some are referring to it, the double doink, and it just broke the heart of Chicago fans. So it was just a spectacular ending and what was just a spectacular game. A little old school, felt like one of those 1970s games uh, where you had the Steel Curtain era and defensive dominating and it was just uh, riveting, riveting and a great way to end what was uh, a solid, excellent weekend. For uh, you know, for the NFL wildcard to get it, uh, get us underway here in the postseason. That leads into my low light of the week, which was the Texans, the Houston Texans, not showing up again in the playoffs at home, having had a tremendous year for them. Playing the Colts, those two teams had both gotten off to horrific starts, yet both went on winning streaks throughout the season and faced each other in the opening wildcard game on Saturday about 4.30 Eastern time, and the Texans just cannot seem to get it done in the playoffs. The Colts and Andrew Luck just looked spectacular in the first half and ran up a 21 nothing lead, complete and total dominance. And uh, Texans made a little noise in the second half, but it was really, really never in doubt. And uh, I'd have to say the Colts, given the way they played and the fast start they had, and, of course, just the, the winning streak they had at the end of the season, is... Uh, Very, very capable of going into Kansas City and winning that game uh, this coming Saturday in the divisional round at Arrowhead. Uh, It's the first game of divisional weekend, starting again around 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. And you just have to uh, think that the Colts, given the way they're playing and what they showed us on Saturday against the Texans, against the Chiefs, And showtime Patrick Mahomes, but with that horrific postseason history uh, that the Colts have every chance to go in and beat the Chiefs, who basically have been, if not the best team, certainly the most glamorous and fun-to-watch team this year. So that's going to be interesting. We all remember the Titans going in last year and beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the playoffs. And... It could certainly happen again this year, and I'm based up here in Boston, of course, and it's going to be fun on Saturday because everybody will be rooting for the Colts to beat the Chiefs, which means that if the Chargers, if the Patriots on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Foxborough's Gillette Stadium, and I will be there, they can beat the Chargers and the Colts can beat the Chiefs, then the Patriots will be back to their usual customary spot of hosting the AFC Championship game uh, a week from Sunday. But that's putting the cart before the horse. Let's first talk about the Chargers and the uh, great game they played against the Ravens. They basically dominated that game, just kept ringing up field goals, Finally broke through with a touchdown, had a solid lead. It looked like it was over. And the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson, came back, got a couple of late scores and made it interesting at the end. Of course, the crowd was screaming for Joe Flacco to come in because Lamar Jackson, the young quarterback, uh, had had just a dismal day. And you have a Super Bowl MVP sitting there with a big-time arm, and that's exactly what the Ravens needed in the fourth quarter to have any chance of a comeback. But the fans were really, really clamoring for Flacco. But it uh, didn't happen. They stuck with Lamar Jackson. We've seen the last of Joe Flacco in Baltimore. That's obvious. And uh, and the Chargers made the defensive play at the end. Their defense was fantastic. So that was uh, just really good, good um Television to watch at the end, very, uh, you know, riveting. And they just knocked the ball loose from Lamar Jackson when the Ravens had a chance to go down and actually win the game with a touchdown, down six points. But the Chargers, as they had done all day, made the play that needed to be made. So here they are coming to Foxborough this Sunday at one o'clock. Kind of weird to see. Feels like the Patriots haven't hosted a game and I've been to all of them. In recent years, playoff games and many more uh, at one o'clock on a Sunday for a while. They're often in the Saturday primetime slot. Uh, I, for one, don't mind. It'll be nice to maybe be a little warmer with some afternoon sun. And they're going to be hosting the Chargers, which, of course, makes me think back to the uh, famous. And if you're a Charger fan, infamous. 2007 AFC championship game when Philip Rivers came into Gillette with a torn ACL. And LaDainian Tomlinson sat on the sidelines behind the uh, tinted mask uh, with his warm-up coat on and basically didn't play most of the game. And, of course, the Patriots completed what was for them – uh, the uh, Up to that point, an undefeated season, famous 2017, they were 18-0 and 0 after beating the Chargers that day, and I was never much of a uh, Philip Rivers fan up until that day, but to watch him play with an ACL was uh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in sports, and I've been a Philip Rivers fan ever since. He's having his career year. The team looks just great. Of course, they flew 3,000 miles or thereabouts, maybe a little less, to play uh, Baltimore on Sunday, 10 o'clock, for the Chargers time, body clock. And they went back to California. They're going to fly another 3,000 miles uh, to play the Patriots. And again, 1 o'clock start, Eastern time, so their body clocks will again be at 10 a.m. in the morning and of course the big question here in new england is are the chargers simply going to run out of gas uh back-to-back cross-country trips takes its toll with early games on the east coast so we shall see but the chargers have been absolute road warriors all year long and uh I think it's just going to be a great game. Could be the game of the weekend. Um, the Chargers, you know, they, hard to believe they had to play wild card weekend. Uh, they had the most wins in the AFC next to the Chiefs, yet they were relegated because they're in the same division as the Chiefs into wild card weekend, despite having that sterling uh, 12 win season along with only the Chiefs in the AFC. So Tom Brady news this morning was up all night uh, last night watching Chargers film and between him and Gronk both having subpar years for them. Uh, you have to wonder and how good will they be Patriots haven't had their usual type of uh, year and yet, it can all be cured in three hours this coming Sunday, that's for sure, uh, by Brady and Gronk. They can uh, make all that a historical footnote if they both show up and have their usual playoff-type games, so it's going to be fun. And, of course, the other game of the weekend was the Cowboys, to their credit, holding serve down there at AT&T Stadium. They did a whiteout, uh, So a little... Homage to Penn State and their whiteouts. Quite a scene down there. And got to hand it to uh, Dak Prescott. He came up big, uh, as did the Dallas defense. But Dak Prescott made the play of the game when it was 3rd and 14. And they ran a quarterback draw. He got the first down. If not, uh, they would have settled for a field goal, which would have given the Seahawks the ball and Russell Wilson with the chance to go down the field and potentially win the game. As it was, they completed a long pass uh, and still got down there. But uh, their onside kick was just the worst. It was a drop kick because Sebastian Janikowski was out with an injury. And it went way too far, uh, 30, 30 yards or more. When, of course, all it needed to do was go 10 yards and give the Seahawks a chance to recover it. But what a disappointment for the Seahawks to uh, be stuck with that kicking situation that really did cost them any shot at recovering an onside kick and creating even more drama. So again, just uh, great TV viewing, and now we're looking square ahead this weekend at what I think is the best weekend in sports. The divisional round. You have the four top teams in the NFL, four top seeds, one and two in each conference, rested, hosting, and all facing wild card teams uh, coming off victories. Therefore, feeling good about themselves. So it's going to be fun as always, and uh, can't wait. And again, I feel. Privileged and excited to be able to attend the Patriots-Chargers game this Sunday, calling for a potential of snow, too early to tell, Uh, 50-50 at best, but wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, Another snow game, hearkening back to the snow bowl that I attended, the tuck rule game, we all remember that one, and I don't often root for snow, but I got to say I'm rooting for snow. Uh, this Sunday as they host the Los Angeles Chargers coming cross country. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. He is out in the San Francisco, Santa Clara Bay area to cover tonight's national championship game between Alabama and Clemson. So it would be great to get AP's perspective uh, from on-site in Santa Clara, California. So don't go anywhere.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies?
2: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Let me correct that number. It is 866-472-5788. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports, joins us. And AP, you're out in California. How are you doing today? Hey,
4: John. Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Well, thank you. You're, of course, in the Bay Area, Santa Clara, I'm guessing to be exact, for the college football playoff national championship tonight, Alabama versus Clemson. You cover Alabama football all year long and for many, many years, and must be pretty exciting out there.
4: Yes, yes, it is. It's good to be out here in California and big game. Two teams are familiar with each other, evenly matched. It should be uh, possibly decided maybe by a coaching decision if, if all the football players uh, compete on the field.
1: Correct, correct. Well, this is what, Alabama Clemson four, right? They've played in the, this is the fourth time they've played three previous times in the college football playoff, uh, national championship, or well, two national championships, and one was a semifinal last year, but yes. it's getting to be pretty familiar to all of us. There are two dominant programs right now in college football.
4: Oh, yeah. They had the best players. They assembled uh, excellent staffs. They recruit. Uh, nationwide they develop their players they're powerful they're big they're fast and they have uh, qu- uh, skilled players second to none at, at the quarterback position wide receiver running back i think alabama has an advantage at the tight end position this particular year but uh, let's say two evenly matched teams big defensive lines that can get to the passer. Clemson leads the country, I think, at 52. Alabama has, I think, 45. So the offensive
1: lines better be ready. No doubt about that. And the big defensive lineman for Clemson, who just sat out the semifinal versus Notre Dame, is still not playing. Is that correct? That's correct.
4: That's correct. He's not playing. That's right.
1: Wow. And... Matchup of two great quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, I just saw was named within the past hour or two as the uh, quarterback on the all-freshman team in the NCAA, Uh, and of course we have Tua, and we all remember his heroics last year in the second half of the championship game against Georgia, and uh, so Tua versus Trevor Lawrence, that should be great, two young quarterbacks, Uh, But to a clearly more season, given his national championship rescue job last year, uh, filling in for Jalen Hurts. uh, That should just be great theater, just watching those two.
4: Yes, outstanding. And by the way, the Football Writers Association named the 2018 All-Freshman team and Alabama had Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Episcopal High School, Houston, Texas, and Patrick Sertain, the second. Yeah, standing cornerback who came out of uh, high school in Florida.
1: Wow. Um, that's a familiar name too. It was uh was his father in the NFL perchance? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's
4: he's a legacy player for LSU, ended up at Alabama. Wow. Amazing.
1: Um A P, how's you know, the weather out there? Uh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, what were you saying? Good.
4: So I, was say, I was going to say, John, that, you know, he's a significant tr- contributor on the team. He's the best cornerback on the team as a true freshman. And Clemson has the, the outstanding receiver from Alabama, Justin Ross, the number of players in the state to, to have Sweeney was able to uh, swoop in and get him to go to Clemson. But the weather, John, has been raining all day yesterday. and right. been a few sprinkles this morning, but I, I could see that sun coming out slightly, and it's not supposed to rain. So we'll hope,
1: we'll hope for better weather today. All right, yeah, So, where they canceled the annual concert last night due to weather, which is has to be extreme for them to cancel that concert. It's a big marquee event put they, they, on by they the sure College did. Football they Playoff sure. Committee.
4: Right, they sure did. They canceled that, so uh, that was uh, quite a bit of weather they had yesterday all day. Never did yeah. stop, really.
1: I can imagine. So, AP, I have to ask, are you out in... Uh, Santa Clara as we speak, or headed over there soon?
4: Well, I'm actually in San Jose at the Media Hotel, and we'll be headed towards the stadium around 1 o'clock Pacific time, and the game starts at 5 p.m. Pacific time.
1: Right, bright and early out there. It's, what, uh, just a little after 9.30 in the morning there, correct?
4: Yeah, it's uh, a little bit after 9 o'clock here. And approaching nine thirty
1: as we speak. All right, A P how How's the, yeah, I was hearing some things about ticket sales and whatnot. Uh, how's that all looking? As you know, it sounded like they were a little slow last week, but I'm guessing maybe they've picked up. And who knows? Weather can affect that too. But uh, you know, how's how's the ticket sales and the uh, overall excitement level in the Bay Area?
4: Yeah, the the. Ticket prices have dropped precipitously, and uh, it's something to behold. I just never have seen it drop so much at a championship
1: venue. Really? What are they going for? Uh, what type of price oh, are we talking about? I think talking?
4: you can you get something in, the, in between the $100 and 200
1: range, and those are tickets that were priced at you know six, $700, close to $500. That's a big drop. That's a gigantic drop. That's exactly the price I was here, and I was here in one hundred and fifty dollars last week, which is just right. nearly mind-boggling, uh, to say the yes. least. But um, yes. so, so. Th- those so people could literally walk up to the stadium this afternoon, theoretically, and, and get a ticket for between one and two hundred. I believe that's the way it's going to play out at the game today. Wow. wow! Now, AP, how's the Alabama contingent? Uh, Speaking of ticket sales, I mean, you, you guys, and I know this from covering the Patriots for years, I mean, did a lot of people make the trip out to California? It's a little different than, you know, recent years where not you a, could drive to the game. Yeah,
4: yeah. No, not as many, and I don't think you'll see as many from Clemson um, either, John. So I'm interested to see what's going to be the size of the crowd and how many empty seats you might see.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, the thought of, you know, empty seats at all is, again, nearly mind-boggling. You, you and I were at the yeah. early college football playoff national championships. Yeah. Uh, I was at both one and two, Ohio State, Oregon, and, of course, Alabama Clemson, uh, with the, the yeah. year Alabama won. And, you know, you couldn't get anywhere near a ticket uh, in Phoenix no. or Dallas for those games.
4: No, there was uh, sold-out crowds, and they were enthusiastic, and we had to be at the various venues, and this one's a little bit more difficult because you have to connect going across the country. And once those hubs are are sold out,
1: the price really jumps. Yeah, so Santa Clara, San Jose is about an hour south, and uh, you really can't get... um, you know, you can't really fly into San Jose directly. So it's either San Francisco and drive or, as you said, connect. So that immediately presents an impediment.
4: Yes, yes. So that's probably the reason and the ticket prices are up in the sky as well. So you put those two together and, you know, when you're attending at a neutral side game and the SEC championship and a semifinal game in Florida, that's quite a bit to to us.
1: Uh, Test your
4: banking skills.
1: Exactly right, AP. You know, I remember when you and I were out in Phoenix for the first Alabama Clemson game. And, uh, you know, it was just flooded with fans from both sides. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the excitement was off the charts. But, you know, you start to get, uh, again, test the bank account and what I'll call, for lack of a better word, a little bit of, you know, championship fatigue. Again, I've seen it with the Patriots. I remember people were going to Super Bowls left and right, and now they just, you know, you just can't make them all. At some point, you, you draw the line. I sense between that and the location that we're getting a little of that this year. But it does happen. Yeah, it's caught up It's caught up even to the MN Clemson fans. Correct, correct. Uh, and if it catches up with them, that means it would catch up with anybody, no doubt about it. That's, to rabid, that's rabid fan bases. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, AP, you know, I know you're on a really, really tight schedule today. Um, I don't want to hold you up. I'm guessing you probably have some things you need to run off to. There's a whole lot going on. It's championship day. No, you, you know, all, you know. So. I do want to thank you so much for calling in and, uh, you know, giving us the perspective. And we'll look forward to hearing all about it on next week's show. And uh, just have a great day and, more importantly, a great evening. It just sounds uh, so exciting. So it should be another great one. They're they're the two best teams, so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure.
4: Oh, yeah. Thank you very much, John. I really appreciate being on your show. It should be a tight ball game, and let's have some fun watching this game tonight. Two best teams, and uh, we'll see what happens in the, the third time they meet for a championship and the fourth time in the college football playoffs.
1: Pretty amazing. Uh, and we have every the first two in the championship games between these two teams. were fabulous, uh, and I expect another good one tonight. So enjoy, and once again, thank you for calling in live from College Football Playoff National Championship. Appreciate it, AP. Thank
4: you. Thank you, John, thank you.
1: All right, thank you, AP, enjoy tonight.
4: Okay, thank you very much, John.
1: All right, and with that said, it's time for our break, and still have a lot more to get to, much of it pertaining to college football, which announced its uh, Hall of Fame class uh, this morning. And we'll get to that on the other side.
3: Pacific for outside the huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is Health from an Environmental Perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 472 5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it was great to have A.P. Stedham talking to us live from the Bay Area in California, where he is out covering the Alabama-Clemson National Championship game tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or as AP said, 5 p.m. Pacific Time out there in California. And uh, should be a great game. Third time they've met in the National Championship game in recent years. And first two were good. We have every reason to expect tonight will be good. They have been all year long, one and two. Uh, both undefeated and uh, clearly, clearly, the two best teams in the country. There is no disputing that. So we have every reason to believe it should be a good game. But there is also other news from college football, which is the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame announced the 2019 Hall of Fame Class And it's a name filled with uh, uh, iconic players that we all recognize. And to me, leading the way is Vince Young. How appropriate on the day of the national championship game that the former Texas quarterback uh, is elected into the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, He, of course made one of the most iconic plays in college football history uh in one of the most iconic games ever in college football history which of course was the famous usc texas rose bowl game uh game in the rose bowl i should say when vince young just lit up that fabulous usc team that featured matt leinart and reggie bush and the like and, of course, uh, ended it with just seconds to go when he uh, ran it in from his quarterback position, uh, famously crossing the goal line just inside the pylon, running out of bounds, and just one of the great moments, truly, in college football history. Vince Young uh, just had a fabulous, fabulous Career at Texas and is more than deserving to have been elected into the College Football Hall of Fame today. And speaking of Southern California, another name that jumped off at me was Troy Polamalu, uh, defensive back from Southern California, played in from 1999 to 2002, and then. Uh, Was the first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers and became the leader of that defense that was terrific uh, in the early 2000s and just a tremendous player, unique in every way with the hair flying and uh, just the electric type of plays that he made. it all started at USC, and we all remember him there. Uh, you know, pretty much a household name by the time he was drafted by the Steelers. And, again, uh, was on those fabulous uh, Blitzburg defenses, uh, descendants of the Steel Curtain. These were the teams under Bill Cower, of course, that, uh, you know, had uh, Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd, uh, Levon Kirkland, and they were just fantastic. Got to a lot of championship games and finally broke through, uh, in 2005 up in Detroit to win a Super Bowl. Jerome Battis, uh, so Troy Palomalo, again, just really a, uh, Fascinating football player, one that you just couldn't take your eyes off uh, when he was on the field, and again, just made it uh, all started at USC, making just iconic uh, game-deciding plays, carried over into Pittsburgh, where he truly, truly became a household name. Nobody who ever saw him will forget him. Other uh, big names... Uh, one of the all-time favorites from Notre Dame. I'm a Pennsylvania native. He is, too, Raheem Ismail, the great kick receiver, kick returner, and wide receiver for Notre Dame. He came out of Scranton area in Pennsylvania, and uh, he, of course, had the famous kick return against Michigan, among others, and uh, he was just Tremendous to watch. Um, Tons and tons of iconic plays. He had a brother who also was a good player. And uh, just, again, unforgettable Notre Dame player. And, uh, again, another worthy addition. There was also uh, another choice today was Jake Plummer, quarterback. From Arizona State who played with Pat Tillman and uh he went on to a good NFL career as well but he was on the map with Arizona State uh playing down there in Tempe right outside Phoenix uh and really helped uh put that program on the map more than they already had been and uh Just really recognizable name. uh, Someone we all really enjoyed watching. Again, went on to a fine NFL career. And another one that was notable, Joe Thomas, offensive lineman from Wisconsin. Played from 03 to 06. uh, And just retired from the Cleveland Browns after having one of the great uh, offensive lineman careers in history uh, for the Browns. I think he played uh, an outrageous number of consecutive games, uh, and he was every bit the star out in uh, Wisconsin as well. So he was uh, not surprising. It all got going at Wisconsin, and he carried it right over, uh, as many of these did, to uh, to the NFL. Another big name, Terrell Buckley. I actually interviewed Terrell once for my work with the NFL, and he was the defensive back at Florida State, uh, a worthy successor, if you will, to Deion Sanders, prime time uh, back in the day, went on to a fine pro career with a number of different teams, but he really made his name at Florida State, and a lot of it had to do with, again, he was flashy, like Deion Sanders, it really kept the, uh, the string alive. He played from 89 to 91 for the Seminoles and, again, really kept the, uh, uh, the string going out there in uh, Florida State, known for their great, great defensive backs. And uh, good to see Terrell Buckley make it. Another name. From John Carroll University, London Fletcher, had a great career for both the Bills and the Rams uh, after uh, his excellent career at John Carroll in Ohio, smaller school, yet he uh, he made his name there, as did his teammate with the Rams, Torrey Holt, who was a wide receiver at North Carolina State from 95 to 98, and he... Uh, he also had a great career, uh, both at NC State and then right on into the fabulous uh, Rams teams with Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. He was a key contributing member of, uh, of that team, uh, to put it mildly. Darren McFadden, another name we all recognize, running back in Arkansas, and he went on to a fine pro career as well. Uh, he played 05 to 07 for the Razorbacks. And was just uh, terrific, as was uh, Lorenzo White, running back at Michigan State. Uh, we all knew him when he played for the Spartans, and these are people that you know are just uh, instantly on our radar and why they're in the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Another one, Patrick Willis, linebacker. At Mississippi, from 03 to 06. Of course, went on to a tremendous career with the 49ers. And uh, so it was great. And the, just to round it out, the other players were Ricky Dixon, defensive back at Oklahoma. Jacob Green, defensive lineman at Texas A&M. Uh, and that pretty much covers it. Uh, the thirteen members of the College Football Hall of Fame. And Coach Dennis Erickson, as well, was elected. He coached, of course, at uh, made his name really at Miami, uh, 89 to 94, but also coached at a few other spots. And then the other coach inductee was Joe Taylor, who coached at Howard Virginia Union, Hampton and Florida A&M. So there you have it, the College Football Hall of Fame. Just announced a few hours ago out in Santa Clara and uh, quite, quite the star-studded group to say the least. So all in advance of tonight's national championship game between Alabama and Clemson. And now it's time for our break. And why don't we take that now and still a few more things to get to on the other side.
0: on Voice America Variety.
2: Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports?
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Course America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and finals segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call and expert A.P. Studham. Actually, A.P. had to depart early for his coverage out in Santa Clara. He's there for the national championship game, uh, but he'll fill us in next week on everything that transpires tonight, and that, of course, that game tonight is my pick of the week for appointment viewing, Alabama-Clemson, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Should be another great one. Third time they've met in the national championship game in the last few years. But switching sports. Golf is underway again with its traditional uh, kickoff to the season out in Hawaii at Kapalua on Maui. I have golfed that course. It is utterly spectacular. And any of you who watched on TV this weekend, I'm sure would agree uh, the, the maybe the most beautiful course I've ever golfed in my life. Uh, it's the plantation course at famed Kapalua. You're overlooking uh, Molokai and Lanai, the islands right out uh, right out in the ocean, just beyond the edge of Maui. And tremendous finish yesterday as Xander Shaufley shot a 62, an amazing round to overtake Gary Woodland who had golfed uh, had a tremendous tournament himself. Uh, no shame in getting overtaken by a historic round and that's exactly what Xander Shoffley produced yesterday. It was really fun uh, after the NFL wildcard weekend playoff games to be able to tune over turn over to the Golf Channel. Uh, live on a Sunday night and watch uh, the Sentry Championship from Kapalua. It was just great. Great way to end the day. And, uh, again, just a tremendous tournament. And for me, just a whole lot of memories to be able to watch uh, Kapalua and remember that, uh, that I had had the good fortune to golf it back in the day and actually shot one of the better rounds of my life. And sticking with golf, the PGA show, which I have covered the last two years down in Orlando, is coming up two weeks from this Tuesday it gets started. It is the biggest event in golf. There are 40,000, repeat, 40,000 attendees. It's the biggest industry event, I should say, in all of golf Uh Everybody's there. There's no other way to say it. Uh, the media just pours in. Uh, it's a gigantic trade show at the Orange County Convention Center. And uh, goes on for three days, and uh, January 23rd through 25th. But on January 22nd, two weeks from Tuesday from tomorrow, uh, is what's called Demo Day at Orange County National Golf Course, where... Again, the equipment manufacturers and the media are in attendance and really open to that afternoon to all members of the show. In the morning is more media, uh, but it's all the manufacturers, the household names, uh, Callaway, Titleist, on and on and on, um, displaying their latest and greatest uh technology clubs balls you name it it's really uh some special stuff and all outside and what we hope will be florida sunshine and uh again just uh a great way to kick it off and then wednesday thursday friday back at the massive orlando convention center uh actually called the Orange County Convention Center, is just, as far as the eye can see, just rows and rows and rows of booths and trade show activity. Again, 40,000 attendees, uh, meaning it's growing. It it felt like it wasn't that long ago that it was 30,000. But this year, they're expecting 40,000. And it's like a small city. Uh, if not a big city, and you could just walk forever up and down these aisles, again, as far as the eye can see, uh, with just every imaginable aspect of golf featured, covered, uh, with booths, the latest and greatest in all technology, whether it's attire, clubs, golf courses, opportunities to... Uh, go on golf excursions. Uh, In many ways, it's like a fashion show. Uh, There's media everywhere doing live type of broadcasts. And it is just really, really uh, uh, just so much fun to be a part of. Uh, You come away from there and you are truly all set uh, for the year Uh, as a media member covering it. Uh, just having since registered here just a month or so ago, uh, just flooded with emails from the exhibitors uh, wanting to show off their wares, inviting me and all the other legion of media members to stop by their booths, check out what they're offering. Sunglasses are a good example of, uh, uh, you know, just the type of things they offer. Um most creative type of uh, add-ons for your golf game. You name it, it's there. Uh, It's cart buddies. It's it's range finders. It's just uh, everything imaginable. I can't wait to go. And one of the dynamics that makes it a a truly extra special week in Orlando is, as I referenced earlier, I'm a longtime writer for the NFL for the past seven years, And it's the Pro Bowl, again, for the third year in a row, down in Orlando. Uh, Practices all week at Disney's Wide World of Sports. Tons of fans flood in. So as soon as the PGA show ends, the weekend is instantly dedicated to the NFL and the Pro Bowl game, which is on Sunday, two weeks from yesterday. And uh, excuse me, three weeks from yesterday. And uh, it's just quite a mix. It's just a great week to be in Orlando, given the mix of thousands of golf fans combined with thousands of NFL fans. And it's kind of like the London Games. You see people in every jersey as they pour into the practices of Wide World of Sports. Uh, Every team is represented by fans wearing jerseys. Great atmosphere, players are mingling with the fans, Uh, very loose, relaxed, enjoyable. Biggest names in the sport that are not participating in the Super Bowl, which is the following week up in Atlanta. So again, it is just, uh, for my money, the best week of the year uh, to be in Orlando with the PGA show uh, during the week, followed by the Pro Bowl. Uh, dominating over the weekend, so can't wait. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.
0: channel.